All right, welcome to Behind the Plinth. So today we've got Geordie Moffat with me, um, and um, we've, we've known each other for quite a long time, firstly as an athlete and now as a exercise scientist, and he's got a wealth of experience. And we're gonna to talk today about what, what, is, what is the Czech style of coaching, what is holistic health coaching, and why might you need that if you're out there wondering you know, what you should go and do to try and improve your health. So um, in, in my career, I suppose I've studied lots of different methodologies and, and Czech being one of them. Um, and he's, he's a very, um, and, and Geordie will speak more, but he's a very powerful person in the industry. And when you're like that, you'll find that people will either love or hate you and then some people sit between. Um, but the bigger and more powerful you get, that's, that's quite common in, in, in an industry, especially in the fitness or the health industry. And um, so, Today we're going to talk about some key factors that underpin health, um, health coaching and why that might have an impact on you if you're looking with and you've got symptoms that involve you know, constant tiredness or fatigue that's unexplainable or you know, where your exercise performance is not, um, is not reflecting the effort that you're putting in. So if you've got symptoms like that, this, this might be really good for you to listen and watch and, and listen to Geordie and, you know, maybe go away and implement some of the things that we talk about. Welcome, Geordie. Thanks for having me. No worries. Well, um, so mate, we, um, well, maybe just first, we might just talk a little bit about you and, you know, why you love to do what you do. Um, and then we might get into what is, who is Paul Check and the methodology behind that sort of thing and why you've gone down the path. But mate, um, you know, why do you love to do what you do every day? Um, so pretty much simple. I'm, I'm passionate. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about this job. Um, it, I don't really see it as work. Um, it's yeah, being passionate about it, it never seems like work. Um, very it, coming back to my goals as well my, my goal my overarching goal is to be one of the best health and performance practitioners in australia if not the world so it's like it's a it's a bigger goal to have and it's something always to strive for when you wake up in the morning it's like okay there's a there's a thing i'm gonna i'm gonna better myself from yesterday so mm. yeah and it's also results um, I'm results driven. Results are what we want in this industry, and it's what our clients want. Um, I love the the transformation process, um, and yeah, just the overall journey. Yep, it's, um, I love all that. Well, it's very reflective too. You know, the, what I've seen you do with people, um, the transformation is, and that that's why it comes back to the mission that you know we came up with is transforming self-confidence or self-belief and, and physical capacity because those two things are so interlinked, especially in the, in the type of work that you do with people, would yeah. you agree? Yeah, definitely. Mm. And just that constant state of self-reflection, mm. ending a day, what could I have done better? What could I have do this? I'll work on this next time. And um, yeah, I think that helps from each day to get up and be like, okay, I'm gonna do this better. And mm. yeah, just constantly bettering yourself to help your clients. And that's probably, a, it's a good side point, like we won't discuss it too much, but if you're out there and you're coaching, I mean, if you can't find something to be interested in, I mean, I, I've been coaching for 20 more years, like I, I, still, I still love, I'm addicted to that success that someone gets when you help them, you know, it's a, 
it is like I would describe it as an addiction. Like mm. it's still why I like going into the gym and helping someone because it's so cool to see what what exercise and what your influence can do mm. for someone. And like adding on to that, it's like this industry that we're in, it's so complex, but then it's being able to make it like it is basic at the same time and mm. making the complex basic. And that, I think that's our job is to try and get it as basic as we possibly can so clients can understand and they can start weaving and around the things that we're trying to get across. And I think that's the, the ever ending journey because the body, you're always learning new things about it. And that's what I love about this job as well. It's, you never stop. Mm. And I, like, I describe it like what we do is very simple. Yeah. But it's the how we do it that becomes quite complex. Yeah, and definitely. and yeah. that's the individualization into every single person, understanding, you know, to improve someone's self-confidence isn't just as simple as saying, well done, good on you, you can do better, or you, you're, you're really good. You've, you've got to really appeal to their inner self and, and find out what intrinsically drives them, um, which is the things that drive you from the inside, not just the external result. Um, and you know, health coaching is, is my understanding of health coaching, it is very intrinsically based. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Right. Righto, well, well, the check methodology is, is, you know, we're gonna let you explain that. So mate, why, why did you go down that path? Like what drove you or what, what purposed you to wanna to go down that path? Yeah, so obviously I never knew I was gonna go down this path. Um, it probably started, it was a little seed in the brain of, you know, playing sports at a younger age and, and getting injuries that you weren't commonly seeing across other players in your team. And it's like, why is this happening to me? So I think I, I put that question out to the universe to be like, okay, I've, without even knowing. So yeah, I was completing my Cert 4 at the time and I was doing my practical component just at a local commercial gym. And one of the PT managers there at the time had done a previous check courses like yourself. Mm. and um, he was trying to get the PTs in the gym just to invest their time and just to listening to Paul and how he talks about nutrition and how that relates back to movement and stress responses and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I was, I was intrigued from the very first time I listened to Paul and what, what he was trying to say. Um, it, for anyone that's done a check course or listened to Paul in a podcast or anything, he is a quite deep dude. So. Mm. That, yes, and that, that intrigued me from first, but then it also made me take a step back because um, I was quite young at the age. I was, it would have been about six or seven years ago. So first coming out of school and you're hearing all these things mm. and you're just like, okay, my belief system at the time probably wasn't mature enough to listen and apply the things that he was trying to get across. So I went away from it for a little bit, um, was still playing rugby league at the time and was still suffering from injuries and they just weren't resolving themselves. Um, so Paul's really emphasizing people to buy his book and his videos and whatnot. So, and he keeps saying that. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm not gonna jump straight into one of these expensive courses. So I'll just buy his book. I bought his book, How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy. And that's where the journey started to begin from there. So I started learning things about food quality organic food versus non-organic food, gut health, um, leaky gut syndrome, food intolerances, um, all things that I didn't know about. And it's like, it was a new can of worms and how food can interact with 
um, the glands, the organs, and then how that then reflects on muscle function. So, and then at the time I was, I was quite bloated. I had skin breakouts, um, just wasn't that healthy in the mind in terms of my thought patterns and playing sport. I was in a team sport, but I was very individually driven. It was like, I need to do this. I need to do that. It's yeah, just mind wasn't there. And well, I mean, I could attest front blank, you know, knowing you since you're relatively young to, you know, that 17 age group, I think I met you when, when we were doing football stuff yeah. and, and seeing you now, the comparison difference in your athletic ability now compared to there, just the knowledge that you've gained and the way that you go about your life mm. is, is very, very different for the better. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, so more so, it really just hit me and it was, it was something that I asked for and it sort of come to me and it, it took a little while to, for me to mature and be like, okay, I'm gonna give this a good crack and see if the work really works. Yep. Um, so yeah, it really started from healing from the inside out, really paying attention to what I'm eating, my hydration, um, getting to bed on time and just thinking about these things and just applying them and, and yeah, it's like the Czech system is really, it's a holistic model that, that focuses on, it's goal driven. So it's like, okay, I didn't really know what my goals were. I'm like, what, what is the overarching goal? What am I working towards in five years time, 10 years time? And then what am I working towards just from any given day? So that really made me aware of okay, what are my core values in terms of my food? What, what am I valuing around that? It's like, it, it, am I eating good throughout the week and just having a little splurge on the weekends or is it a splurge throughout the week? It was just setting values in place, yeah. which really helped me. It was taking control of my own life, asking the right questions. Um, yeah, and just in that constant state of self-reflecting. And, and I think one of my sort of feedback for a system like check is if you own a business or you're if you're if you're you know trying to fly your career up and along you, if you're going to manage people for, for 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 an example then you need to be good at setting yourself goals and setting others goals and so if you take a system like this this is where health coaching is very different to the the normal personal training which personal training in general is we exercise we we walk in we say hello we exercise we leave and there might be some food componentry in there, there might be, but there's very little holistic care in terms of generalized personal training, I would say, because most people expect that you're just gonna go in, you're gonna exercise, you're gonna leave. And that's fine for some people, but if you're struggling with tiredness, fatigue, exercise performance isn't going well, those sort of symptoms, then this is where this type of coaching can really help. Um, because not all the time do we need to work really hard sometimes you need to take a step back and go what's making this happen you know and, and that's that's why you know the system works because yeah. it's not just about exercise right yeah 100 percent. it's like i was really focusing on the symptom the signs it's like okay i'm having these dislocations in the shoulders and the knee and whatnot it's like Oh, I need to strengthen. It was obviously a component of the movement and, and right movement patterning and strengthening certain things, but I never took a step back to think, okay, maybe my nutrition needs to have some work. It's like, is there certain things of why the core isn't firing pop properly and why these things are continuously happening? And 
Um, so yeah, it was really just getting back to the cause, not just always relying on the symptom. Mm. And would you agree that um, in, in a lot of essence that there's nothing, there's nothing overly extreme about just getting those basics right, is there? Yeah, 100%. It's just really just coming back to our foundations as mm. humans, I, I would say. Like, as you can get as complex as you want with it, but it's like no one needs to know what the pH of the water is or how the, the metabolic process of how food's grown and all that sort of stuff. We just need to know the basic foundations of eating whole foods, drinking good quality water or just getting you know two liters if not in a day and just thinking about those real straight basics that you know, we really forget when we walk out the gym it's yeah. like life is so full on these days it's go 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 and yeah it's just really coming back to where do your core values get some core values set in place so you're like okay i've got these written on the wall it's like just getting a checklist just getting day to day because it's we're looking at the big picture. We're not like, oh, I've been doing this for two weeks and it's not working. You've, you've wound up like this over four to five, maybe even 10 years. So it's gonna take another 10 years to really think about, mm. yeah, long-term goals. But yeah, it's just a process and getting clear on some things. And you know, from my experience in coaching, like part of my philosophy around coaching is getting the most out of someone's life um, for them, you know? So I don't just think about you as if you're 35 and you've come to me and, and, and you've got some problems we need to fix. Like I'm already starting to think about you at 45 and 55 and what that's gonna look like. What are the implications of the problem we're having now? If we don't do anything, what's gonna happen? Like, And that's honestly like in another episode talking about a mission and values and business, what's it mean? If you take that and apply it to yourself and then just do that really well and, and really get clear on what your mission is, what your life mission is, it might take you two, three, four years to really nail that in and it might change from 20 to 50. Um, it's probably going to because, you know, like your perspective changes, but, but you know, like I, I can't emphasise enough that it's not just about, it's not just about exercise sometimes. It, it, is, it is about getting those basics right first, and that's why I 100% agree with you know, what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. So you've mentioned water intake, um, and there's lots to be said about this, and, and there's lots of methods that we can assess dehydration. You know, you can look up online and you can find a hydration chart and, and assess you know, urine output for a very generalized understanding of hydration. Mate, what, what do you talk to people about when they come in about water and why is it important and you know how much should you how much should you have yeah yeah so i try and just use the analogy of because most of the time a client that's seeing me is going to be quite i like to say acidic in the body where certain things may be coming into the body whether that's nutritional stress um, liquid whatever the thing is it's creating an acidic environment so I relate it back to like a, a river or a stream. So if there hasn't been any rainfall in a long period of time, things get dried up, things get logs stay in the, the river. It's, it's not a nice clear path. And I try and relate that back to like all the vessels in the body, all, all those noodly little things where blood travels through and water creates flow. So I use the analogy of the solution to pollution is dilution. So I like to think 
we're clearing out the body. The rainfall's coming down, it's clearing out all the system and it's allowing a lot more rhythm and flow throughout the body. So that's how I like to firstly apply that and really gets people to think, it's like, oh, that's, that's so true. And you've got quite a specific formula for helping someone calculate that, or not your formula, but someone else's. Yeah, but... just a generalized for formula in terms of how many liters to drink per, per day. So formula is 0.033 times by your body weight, yep. and that'll give your... And that's in kilos? That's in kilos, yeah. pounds. No, we're Australian here, <laughs> yeah. So, and then that'll just give you how many liters you aim to drink each day, and that, that's a first priority. I'm not worried too much about what type of water you're drinking. Just get that in into your body. It's like you're thinking every metabolic process requires water. Every every movement from bones to fascia to muscles to nerves to our skin, everything needs water. There's a high percentage like in the 70s to 75, 80% of everything in the body that needs some somewhat water. So it's just high on my priority and a lot of people aren't thinking about that these days. They're like, they're just drinking when they're thirsty. Mm. And that may sound right, but you know, how many times are you neglecting that feeling? When, are you getting to the point where you're already dehydrated and without even knowing? Well, some would argue that thirst is a sign of dehydration. So yeah. if you're thirsty, then you've you, you let yourself go a little too far. So, um, you know, especially if you're, if you're trying to do sport at a master's athlete level, I can't emphasize enough that you know water intake's really important. Um, they talk about that that formula plus then counteracting um, formulas for say every hour of exercise should be worth potentially up to another liter of water intake. So um, you know some people who are endurance athletes that you know that are that are trying to train two hours a day that are on a bike or you you've got to make sure that you're putting in enough um, because it does have a big impact. Um, and for weight control too, they talk about, you know, hunger, is, is hunger hunger or is, is it part of thirst? Is it, is, are you just dehydrated and your body's sending a hunger signal because, you know, it's decided that's what it needs. But does it need food or does it need, like, water? 100%. And thinking about, like, we can tie in caffeine for an example. It's like, I like to see caffeine as, like, caffeine's good, but then everything in moderation everything in balance. So I like to look at coffee as the sun. Like it's, it's something that's very, very hot. It's if you're out in the sun for too long, you get burnt, you get a little bit dry. So think about that when you're consuming coffee and how many coffees you're having a day. How many times are you consuming the sun? How long are you out in the sun for? So then I like to tie it back with, so I'm always about balance. Too much of this, too little of that. How can we just find the fine tune in between because you're always going to be doing too much or too little so it's always taking the ownership and being like okay I need to back off from this a little bit and so I like to use the the moon as as the water so it's like okay we need more cooling in the body need more flushing out of the system need more rainfall so I'm just always looking at okay is the body too hot is it too cold does it need more of this more of that so that's it that's a nice simple analogy I like to use with coffee and yeah, it's nice and simple for people to understand. And I think, you know, if, you, if, if you're out there sort of saying that I need to drink so many coffees a day, then you, you probably need to sit back and take a look at why that might be and, 
you know, look a little bit deeper. And I know sleep is a whole different topic, which we're not going to talk about today. But, but you know, are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting good sleep? And then are you getting enough hydration? Because dehydration can also give you the symptom of being tired. Like, um, so you've got to look at all those things together. And that's sort of part of, you know, someone like Geordie that would sit with you and, and start to teach you that long-term vision of how to make your body healthier um, through really simple tactics. I mean, drinking water is not very hard, but every, like most people just forget to do it. So it's how do we, how do we get you to, to do that? And there's different methods of, of giving that a go. And it's just something simple to tick off the checklist because what, what we're after is more positive emotions. So it's like, yes, I'm getting closer to, towards my goal. So it's just something to tick the box easy and you can just see it in someone too when they come in. It might be just the smallest little thing, but you can start to see it in their eyes and start to see it in their skin. And it's yeah. just like, I know you're drinking more water and I can see it on the paper, but I know you are. And, and um, yeah, it's just awesome to see because it's just, you know, it's getting closer to the goal much quicker. And it's just allowing the process to start. So the impacts of stress on the body are far ranging and, and there's lots of evidence to, to, to discuss the impacts of stress. So. Geordie, when you're talking to someone in that initial part of trying to set up what's going to happen with their, their plan, um, how, how do you explain that about what the impacts of stress are? Yeah, yeah. So stress is obviously, it can come in so many different forms. And when, when you just, when someone says, oh, stress is causing that, stress is causing that, it's like, it almost stresses you out even more to think, oh, where is that stress actually coming from? You, you know deep inside where it's coming from, but it's, yeah, it's just trying to lay it back to, like I said, the, the main cause, the main stressor. So stress can come in many different forms. So if we think of a bucket, the bucket analogy, um, and, and we start filling it up. So the first stressor being physical. It can be physically on the body, whether that's too much working out, too little working out. What, what's your job require, your physical job? Is that then reflect on not you being able to do movement at the gym or are you in a seated job and then you've just lost your ability for energy to get to the gym after that. So first being physical stress, second being chemical. Are you exposed to chemicals in your environment with work? Um, what are you putting on your skin? What are you spraying yourself with? All these sorts of things that the body has to digest and the little things that we don't think about. Um, then next you'd have electromagnetic. So computers, phones, Wi-Fi, all these things we're just exposed to today and we, we can't really help it because they are with our daily life, but it's how much time we're spending on these things and how is that affecting, say, sleep? Am I constantly on my phone with my eyes wired and that's releasing more cortisol and not allowing my sleep-wake cycles to flow? Um, Am I staring at the computer screen all day? Am my eyes getting sore? It's thinking about these sorts of things. And then we can think about more mental stress. What are my thought patterns like? Am I too much stinking thinking? Is it, I'm thinking about all the negative things, not the positive things. So that can be another stress. Then we also have nutritional stress. What, how are we feeding ourselves? And then lastly, thermal, what are the, the temperature changes and whatnot. So hot to cold, how does that reflect back with your stresses? So all of these things can be put into the bucket, yeah. but it might not necessarily be 
the, the thermal or the, the electromagnetic, or it might not be the chemical or the physical. Yes, there may be little things of that coming into the bucket, but it might be just the, the one thing of the mental stress. It might have been something at work that happened, something with the kids, something with the partner, whatever it is. And because all these other stresses are coming in in, in low to moderate um, volumes, it might be just that little thing that comes in and just tips the bucket over. And, it, and you might blame it on that. It might be, oh, it's, it's my partner that's doing this. Oh, it's my boss because of this. But you're not taking into account what other things are filling up the bucket. Yep. How many times is there nutritional stress throughout your week? How many times are you staying up late on your phone or watching TV? All these little things can just come into effect of tipping the bucket over. And it's always going to be that last thing that tips it over that you're going to almost blame it on and be like, okay, it's this, it's that. Not taking ownership to yourself and think, oh, is it, is it the food that's making my thought patterns go a little bit you know, negative? Or is it you know, the cream that I'm putting on my face, the deodorant, whatever it is? Well, that's right, because there's subconscious and conscious stressors. So the conscious stressors you're aware of and the subconscious you're not. So in that context, a lot of the... A lot of the stressors that provide so for example exercise is a stressor but then it can also be a benefactor 100 so you, you've got to work out so the easiest way that i explain that to people usually is that if exercise makes you feel better then it's a benefactor yeah. so it's emptying that bucket of stress if it makes you feel worse more tired more 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 upset or which it can sometimes for different reasons then you got to stop that and then you've really got to go Reassess back and go yeah. what's going on here um, and you know things like just being able to fulfill so get, getting rid of you've got to be able to get rid of that stress so obviously we just talked about you know the inputs of stress so in your in, in your work mate like when's an example of where you might um, differentiate between say two types of exercise in terms of the ability to either decrease stress or control stress so how do you differentiate and then how do you maybe explain that to like the user? Pretty much, I'm using a little bit of intuition, feeling of asking a few questions of the client, you know, how's your morning been? What, what, what's, have, you, have you ate anything this morning? Have you had a coffee? Have you drank any water? What was your sleep like last night? How's the body feeling just in general? Do you have any soreness? And I'm sort of just gathering a little bit like, how they're talking to me, are they making eye contact? Are they just straight into their warm up without even thinking and just giving me quick answers? So I'm using that as a guide and if, you know, if they're, they're feeling like they, or just their answers are giving me an indication, yep, okay, cool, they're right to exercise and I'm going to put them through a more of a, you know, a classic workout routine um, where we're gonna increase heart rate a little bit um, we're going to be working on more resistance-based exercise um, and just get things pumping and moving. Mm. Um, an example of someone was to come in and they didn't sound so sure about exercise or if there's external forces coming in and they're just a little bit, you know, like that word again, there's just some stress going on in there and they just need to you know, a no mind sort of workout. So this is where I like to, and how Paul um, uses his analogy of more of a work in routine. So whether that's more concentrating on the breath, timed in with movement. So thinking more about 
inhale to exhale with whether it's a pull to push and just really being aware of that or just getting them on the ground and just getting them to feel what a full breath feels like. Had a client come in the other day and she was quite stressed out. Um, she was telling me all her problems and all these things that had happened through the week and she's like, right, I'm ready to get into exercise. And I'm like, <laughs> and then as soon as she just went all through that, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take you through a different type of work in, work out. So you just explain it to them like, okay, we're gonna work on some breathing and stuff like that. And she was getting a little bit of pain in, in her like right rib cage area. And each time she took in a full breath, she'd say, ow, she'd get a little bit of pain. And um, I was, and I didn't want that. And I, each time she, mm. sometimes she'd breathe in, she wouldn't even feel the pain, but the reaction was to say, ow. So it was my ability to, okay, how can I just get you taking a full breath without that nervous system kicking in and creating like a pain response. So it was you know, coming back to breathing in for four seconds, holding that breath for six, exhaling out for eight. Took just a few reps for it just to kick into that and be, oh, I'm just thinking about more numbers than a pain response. So it's just being more aware of the breath because we're going through the day, we, we don't have to think about breathing. There's a greater source breathing for us so then if we can start bringing more awareness and conscious awareness around the breath, it can bring a nice rest and digest and allow things to move a little bit better. And I'm just trying to get the client feeling better than what they come in, when they came in. So I'm just thinking more along the lines of longevity and just getting them to have a different stimulus, I guess, to them what they're used to. And I've seen the benefits in myself in terms of doing Tai Chi and other breathing type exercises. And it really, um, it's, it's weird. It gets you in your mind, but then out of your mind at the same time. It's, um, yeah, it's quite cool. And it's very interesting because, you know, for example, like I have a massive amount of respect for someone like David Goggins, who's yeah. very tough. Like, you know, arguably one of the toughest humans have existed. Um, however, a lot of people just know for how tough he is, but if you listen to him a few times around the work that he does to work in, mm. you know, the stretching load that he, that he had to do, that he had to come up with, and he still does that work at night time yeah. to calm everything down, to yeah. settle everything down. But we just know him for that work hard kind yeah. of mentality guy, yeah. but he's still doing that work in. And, and I think that people fail to see the value of, of just connecting with their body and really understanding what is happening at a point in time. Mm. Being aware of how you breathe in, how you breathe out mm. is really important. And there's, there's a whole bunch of people in the world that, that just focus their entire energy in their career on getting people to, to just undertake good breathing patterns because it helps so many different factors, which isn't really part of this right now. But, but you know, I couldn't agree with you more in that, you know, just sometimes it's, and the skill in this, if you're out there watching this as a coach, is to read the person. And, you know, Geordie's basically undertaken that readiness questionnaire before someone trains, like, and, and then conducting observation. And, and, you know, like referencing another um, very good clinician in the world is Dr. Stuart McGill, who, who talks about his assessment starts in the moment, at some, the moment he sees somebody, you know, and, 
and I like to watch someone in a waiting area if I'm going to consult with them to see what they look like, how they posture themselves because people will always try and make themselves look fitter and stronger in front of someone like us because it's just a natural human response and, yeah. and, and we want to see them in their natural state so that we can then it leads you to ask those questions, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. It's, most of our clientele that are coming in here, that they've been through the old approach of just like work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. And taking into account, like Goggins, it's like he wouldn't be able to keep that mentality up and, and his workload without balancing it out with... Well, when he started doing the work in, yeah. arguably work in, when he started doing that, everything changed for him yeah. by what he says. So, I mean, there's got to be something in it for him. If he's the toughest, one of the toughest people ever existed and he can do that type of stuff, I mean, at an extreme level, obviously, let's, let's not all you know, think that we're all going to get to that exact yeah. point. But, you know, at an extreme level, I mean, if you do five minutes a day, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's a real, I think, uh, good judge of your character to be able to, you know, whether it's standing there doing a light movement with breathing or the ability to just stretch for half an hour, it's, it's like a workout almost. You actually, you have to commit to that sort of stuff. Yes, working out can be easier sometimes because the feeling gives you that strength and gives you that real masculine energy, but then sometimes you, you have to take a step back and it's a, it's a conscious effort to make the choice and be like, okay, this is going to do better for me and yeah, just giving it a crack, I guess, is the first thing. And you know, my advice to anyone out there is you know, just start with you know, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever you can manage, start with that. And then if it works, then keep, do more. If it works, then do, do something different to challenge yourself. And, and that's where you know, people like Geordie can make a big difference because you know, at the end of your day, the ability to sleep and a lot of us are on technology until way too late because of the never-ending demand of, of life now. Um, you know, it, it can make a big difference to somebody given the right prescription at the right time. 100% couldn't agree mm. anymore. Mm. Well, Geordie, um, we might just um, do one more question here. So if someone's listening at home and, and, they, and they, they want to try a couple of things and they're struggling... They, you, you know, you're struggling with either fatigue or tiredness or, or you know, in, chronic injuries or things like the types of things that you were speaking about. Um, what are maybe three things that, you know, like should, what might they be able to do to, um, to, to just get started? Yeah, yeah, cool. So number one for me would be definitely checking in with your GP or doctor just for ruling out any of your major red flags. Um, that can really help our process as practitioners as well, where it's like we've just got that clearance and saves a lot of question time. Obviously, we still want to touch on a few things, but it just saves a lot of time and it's, it's come from that professional in that field. Yeah. And it gives you an absolute measure. You know, if you've, you know, if they've done a set of blood tests or they've done any scans on any particular parts, then it does make it easier, right? To, yeah. to, just, to just start on that level field, because often if someone comes with those symptoms, we're probably going to ask you to do that anyway yeah um because it's wise and you know um so i think that's really important for yeah. everyone out there that is struggling yeah definitely we don't have to do everything ourselves we've got other practitioners out there to do all that stuff for us so that's the beauty of that all right so that's number one mate look what are what are what are your two and three 
Number two would definitely be the water again. Um, it's yeah, coming back to that. There's just we are made of water. Um, it's it's as simple as that. You've got to. For most of us, water is you know free, yeah. so it's easily available and so it's sensible. And it's easy checklist. It's ticking that off. It's okay. Yep, I'm 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 filling my body up with the right water and. Um, it's yeah, just creating that positive emotion in the body and getting closer to the goal. Yeah, so that formula again, just uh, everyone listening. Yep, so that formula that I use is 0.033 times by your body weight in kilos. So you just do that in a normal calculator and that'll give you your um, liters of water per day for your specific body weight. So everyone's gonna be a little bit different, um, but yeah, just getting in that Liters. And are you recommending a, like a regular intake or if it comes back to 3.8 um, liters, is it a good idea to drink, you know, one liter at a time for four times a day? So say if someone was coming in, they're only, depending on how much water they're currently drinking. So someone might be only drinking two cups a day or something. So I'm like, and then the equation might come out as 4.8 liters or something. And they're thinking, shit, I'm going to be peeing every four minutes. So I'm like, okay. We refine that back a little bit and say, okay, you're only drinking two cups a day. Let's just increase that to four, four to six. And then we slowly increase that until we're getting up to the liters that we want. And um, so yeah, just meeting the client where they're at. Awesome. And then last one. Number three would be nutrition. Um, not thinking too globally with it. I'm not talking about calories or anything like that. I'm just talking about whole foods. So looking at your ratio between meat, protein, so protein, meat, fats, and carbohydrates. So vegetables, leafy greens, below and above ground vegetables. Making sure you've got a nice ratio between those on each plate at any given time. So if you're looking at your morning meal and it's just composed of carbohydrates, that might be just cereal and milk and a coffee, so all carbohydrates might be time to start incorporating a little bit of protein in that because we need any given one from any given meal for our natural metabolic processes throughout life. Um, the second one to add to that would be starting a food diary, a food log. It's just so handy if you're coming into a practitioner like myself and even Glenn and Beck, we, we like to know what you're feeding your body. So like, we're not too concerned on what's on the paper because we know where we can go to from here. There's always room for improvement. And it's, it's always the process of the client understanding themselves a little bit more and what certain foods do for them. Uh, is certain foods not allowing a bowel movement? Is there digestive troubles? Are these foods really serving you a purpose anymore? So a food diary can be really, really handy for that. And um, if you're if you're logging your food and you tell your coach that or practitioner, that's usually like a yes, like this is good. You're, you're doing that already. I don't have to tell you to do this. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, one thing that I would stress around food diaries, just be honest. I mean, if you're eating what you perceive to be the wrong thing and you don't write it down because you're worried about what someone's going to think, um, we in our business we have our first rule or our first value is to be non-judgmental. And that's very much on purpose because all we, all we worry about is what you're gonna be like in 10 months or 10 years, or we're not, we're not worried about what's happened when you come because that's why we're here, is to help you. So, you know, be honest because that's what'll enable us to help you. 
I think, Geordie, you'll agree that it's not about holistic, you know, whole scale, sorry, whole scale, fast or rapid change. It is about finding little wins and then applying them to see what happens. Yeah, it's you know, like, we're not, we're not going to try and, you know, about flip you and, you know, have you standing and eating on your head. It's like the win might be just writing down that food that you're not wanting to write down because it's, you're taking that ownership to be like, shit, I am eating that food a little bit, nor that, that liquid or whatever it is too many times in a consecutive week. So it's like, it's really just seeing a visual then because sometimes it stays up in the mind and it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't eat this food. Maybe I shouldn't do that. This is probably not serving me anymore. Then when you put it on the paper and it's like, all right, I see it now. And then, you know, our, our role would be, you know, just to find replacements for, for, for specific types of food or liquid, you know, um, just to find a replacement that's, that's going to sit with you. Um, not everyone's the same. And if you just go back and, and we'll attach this to the show notes, but the Australian guide, Guidelines for Healthy Eating, um, you know, so it is a massive document, but there's some nice infographs that you can look at there. And, and if you just followed that, if most people followed that, the world would be a much healthier place. Um, I'm sure you would agree. You don't, like you said, you don't need to go super hard in depth because most people have got some big changes they could make that would make a massive difference, right? Yeah. So if we just go back to that really simplistic view and you just did that and you made small changes there, you, you, you could probably make a big difference to your overall health. Yeah, definitely. And just like you said, looking at the bigger picture, not looking at the quick little fix. So if we're needing more protein in the diet, it's not looking straight away for the protein shake or something like that. Just looking at real food and just trying to bring that connection connection back to being a human being, I guess. All right, Geordie. Well, thanks very much for your time. And um, I hope if you're out there, you, you've learned a little bit from just a different way, I guess, of thinking from maybe just that standardised like application of science. It is about the person and thinking about a bigger, a wider umbrella. Um, and mate, um, if you want to get hold of, if you want to get hold of um, Jordan, we'll um, we'll put his contact details in the um, in the show notes as well. Um, if you wanted to have a chat to him at some point about um, getting some help for you, thanks. Awesome, thank you very much, Glenn. Awesome. <laughs>